Hi, I'm Olivia Strong, founder of Run for Heroes. Um, we're best known for our viral fundraising campaign, Run 5, Donate 5, Nominate 5, that raised over £7 million for NHS charities together last year. I think at every point of like crisis, I've done something um, to try and raise money, you know. And I remember when I was eight, there was a, when the tsunami happened, I created a tombola and I went around all the local shops in Edinburgh and I got them to donate stuff. And then I did a tombola at the end of my street. I remember it raised about 2,500 pounds and I found out that it had built, it rebuilt one of the harbors. I remember feeling so like happy that I'd done something that could actually create positive change. Um, and I think it probably started from, from then. Welcome to My Leeds Story, a podcast series from the University of Leeds alumni and development team, which shines a spotlight on members of our global Leeds community. If you've got a Leeds story that you'd like to share, email us at alumni at leeds.ac.uk. Thanks, Olivia, and um, thanks for joining us today. It's, it's great to have you with us. Thanks for having me on. You are speaking to us from Edinburgh today. I suppose that's a, a pretty good place to start. Is, is that where you're from originally? Yeah, so I'm from um, Edinburgh, and then I after I went to I moved to Leeds to go. That was my first move, move away from home <laughs> um, to Leeds University, and then after that went straight to um, London for about six or seven years. And I imagine um, Leeds was like a, a step down south, really, which seems weird to us from Leeds, but... Yeah, exactly. But my sister had gone to Leeds University and I remember I went to go and visit her in Boddington Halls when I was about 16 and I was like, there's no other place. <laughs> this oh, is nice. where I'm going to come. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and did you go to Boddington as well then? And I went to Boddington and I, you know what, they put me in the same room in Boddington, number 50, <laughs> in Grant House... Um, as wow. she, as her, which was so strange, you know, four years later. Yeah, and did it kind of live up to expectations? Did you did you enjoy your time there? Absolutely loved it. You know, I remember getting that ninety five bus. I think it was into into uni every day. I yeah, it does have. I mean, I'm, I was gutted to find out that they've they've since shut it down. I think we were the second last year, the last year. But yeah, Bonington was a was a very good vibe. It was it was. I just had the best time at, at Leeds uh, in general as a university place and since I've just like recommend so many people to go because I don't it was funny I didn't you know when I went to try and get a job in in London after uni during every interview they go oh you went to Leeds so you had fun then and it was like uh, <laughs> it was always the same question and I was like is that what everybody always thinks <laughs> yeah were, were there any um, particular like societies and things you were involved in you know what I didn't um I, I in second year I ran the university fashion show the rag one which is hilarious because it was also fundraising um it's just always been a part of it, oh, yeah. of what I've done and um, so I ran the unity fashion show and that took up half of first year probably and then all of second year um and then during so I didn't really have any time to do anything else and then during third year I went abroad um and then came back for fourth year and kind of just tried to concentrate on on ex passing my exams <laughs> yeah yeah sure. um but yeah i remember in the first year i tried to i like had high hopes of joining the athletics team for example but mm. i guess you know i went from uh you know a town like edinburgh which you know is not huge um so i and i ran competitively but when i went to uni it was like another 
kettle of fish altogether where people ran really competitively and you had to dedicate you know three four days a week and I think I just cared about you know having <laughs> going out and having my best time in Boddington that I, I, I didn't end up um, joining the sports society. Fair enough, fair enough. I think that's quite a common thing isn't it like um, you go I remember doing the same because I did a lot of running at school and then you go to the uni um, running team and these like rat hairs are just running off into the distance and it's like oh, these people are so yeah, fast exactly <laughs> um, you don't really get a look in yes yeah, it's, it's true it's kind of a much more competitive sport so was running did you did you kind of just keep keep running anyways it's something you've always done I thought about this the other day yeah I, I you, I've run since I've been little um like young primary well, junior school um and I realized I did sprinting I just I did athletics during all, like all throughout school, um, which was 100 and 200 meters, and then went to Leeds and didn't join um, the athletics team. But I decided to just start running actually like regularly around Hyde Park and things. Um, um, and also, you've got like all the best running routes on your doorstep there. Yeah. But yeah, we always used to go to um, the. Uni, we used to go up to the Yorkshire Dales, but we went to a pub, so we'd go for a walk, and then we went oh, to nice. the most amazing pub, and I can't remember the name now. Okay. The Rose and Crown. Oh, well, there are some there. Is it? Oh, yeah, like Otley. Yeah. Yeah, Rose exactly. And Otley. Yeah. And it's like in the middle of the hill. Yes. <laughs> oh, nice. We loved it. We used to always go to Sunday. <laughs> so, whilst at uni, I ended up for the marathon, and um, so I kind of just started to run more long distance. So I went from sprinting to then running long distance. So I think I did a half marathon first, actually. And then um, and then I built up to the full marathon. Oh, and at that point, kind of just have since just ran for, I guess, health, but more like my mental well-being and whatnot to just clear my head. And I used it as a tool to, yeah, to really, um, to really be able to like sort out so many like decisions I want to make in, in my life. <laughs> um, I don't know, do you, you said you run, I guess it's like, when people know the benefits of running when you you know if you're out because you've had an injury or whatever I always find like my head feels so grey and muffled yeah I know that feeling (laughs) it gives you a lot of clarity doesn't it yeah it's hard to I guess one of the hardest things is trying to explain to someone who tells you they hate running they'll never run just to give it a go if someone were thinking about doing the doing the challenge has never run before would you have any tips for anyone embarking on on the 5k it's a good question ed um i guess <laughs> um it's i always say you can build up on your distances each week um set your targets small um you know start with a 1k walk and run and um and, and then you'll be surprised about where you can get to um and, and try not to compare because I think, you know, apps like Strava are great, but they're also quite competitive. So, you know, people are all just trying to do these crazy 5k times. And it's like, don't concentrate on that. Just concentrate about like what progress you can make each day. Um, so, yeah, set your targets small, build them up. It, download things like Couch to 5k, which encourage you to kind of walk and then run, you know, stop, walk, run. And I think that doing things like exercises like that... Um, 
is great. And once you build up and you can run a 5K, there's so much, there's so much to say about it. There's a huge sense of achievement. So yeah, I'm a big advocate of like, just get out and try and do it and, and, and you'll surprise yourself. You know, we've got an engaged community of like amateur runners who have taken up running as a result of lockdown. Um, but I've heard so many stories from this community of people that said, I didn't think I was a runner or I, I have never run before since being nominated for this, this the challenge last year. Um, and since have run every day and have since have realized the benefits of it. So I think that's what we really try to push at Run For Heroes to show that, you know, you don't need to be a runner. You can just, you can use running just for the benefit of you and, and try to show the benefits of, of doing so. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, and obviously you, you, when you graduated from Leeds, you said you, you moved to London. How did you go from, because you, you worked as a television producer, I believe, how did you go from that to, to Run For Heroes? Talk, talk us through that part of the, the journey. After I finished, I studied politics and sociology at Leeds and then went down to London, tried out loads of internships like everybody does. <laughs> and, um, and, and all my friends from Leeds were mostly from London. So, you know, I kind of followed them into, into try and get a job there. Um, tried loads of jobs, didn't like it. But then I, I tried in, I did an internship in television and for a panorama because obviously I studied politics and I absolutely loved it. And at that point, and I, I worked for free for like four months, I remember, in a TV and, and was like kind of, kind of runner on set um, for this panorama job. But but absolutely loved it. And at the end of it, I came out with the credit of a researcher, you know, for five, six years, I'm now currently documentary producer. Um, mm. But then lockdown happened. <laughs> Obviously, all work mm. in TV, if people know about it, is freelance. Um, mm -hmm. And... I got a call from my boss who was like, we are going to have to, you know, we're meant to be traveling around the world. We're obviously in a lockdown. We can't do it. We're going to put you down to a two day week. I, I was lucky because I right. couldn't be furloughed, but I was lucky to get that, kept that getting that two days a week. Um, yeah. But obviously at this point, I've got like my bills to pay in London. I'm freaking out that I'm not going <laughs> to be able to pay rent. Um, yeah. And, you know, we lived, I lived in this tiny flat with, um, with one of my best mates from home. So we both came back up to Edinburgh and a week into lockdown kind of had, like I said, this extra time I had and I, I was like, you know what, I was pouring with rain. I was like, I'm going to go for a run um, in Edinburgh and I'm just going to like, clear my head. So I went round the running route in Arthur Sea, which is absolutely spectacular if anybody has, if you've ever been there, I'd really recommend it. Um, and I just at the time noticed how many people were out running. And I was like, could we pay to go on our daily form of exercise? You know, and I kind of stopped halfway up and I was like, 5K is quite a good distance to run. Um, and loads of my friends, you know, follow them on Strava or running and they're doing their, trying to run marathons and whatnot. And I was like, could all my friends on Strava and Instagram and stuff that are running at the moment, could they just pay five pounds to go on their 5K? So I called up my mom and, and was like, Mom, I think I've got this idea if I if we run 5k and then donate five pounds to the NHS and my mum was like yeah that sounds like a good idea you should do that um and kind of the rest was history and I set up an Instagram account as soon as I got back from that run and um went out and nominated like all of my friends the next day to do it set up an Instagram account called run for heroes and um and then it just yeah it just really kicked off so 
it's kind of um it's been a bit of a mental year to think from like coming from a documentary producer to then now running a charity <laughs> what do you you mentioned doing some fundraising before what do you think it was your motivation really for for thinking of the idea because i mean everybody was going out running but nobody thought we could make money for charity out of this we could do some good yeah i think at the time um obviously we were in a really strange position like nobody knew what was going on and i think at every point of like crisis i've tried to in my life like now reflecting on it i've done something um to try and raise money or something you know and i remember when i was eight there was a when the tsunami happened i don't know if you were, like mm. obviously it was awful and i remember being so shocked by watching the news that and i was like eight at the time and i created a tombola and i went around all the local shops in edinburgh and i got them to donate stuff and then i did a tombola at the end of my street oh, wow. and made random people you know enter into it i mean i think they felt sorry for an eight-year-old child that was begging them for their money Anyway, it raised, I remember it raised about £2,500 oh and I went, so, I was so happy. I went to the Oxfam and went and, go and get, handed over my cheque. Yeah. And I found out that it had built, it rebuilt one of the harbours, like a, probably a tiny harbour, you know, a little, I don't know what it, you know, they, they wrote and said what it that's had done. That's amazing. Well, that, yeah, that's, yeah I, I don't know. And I remember feeling so like happy that I'd done something that could actually create positive change. Um... And I think it probably started from, from then, because then I went on to, at school, you know, my best friend Megan and I did loads of fundraising and, and went out over to Africa to work. And then, and then obviously Leeds University, like, I think the Rag Fashion Show, we raised £15,000, I think, and we got about £6,000 of sponsorship. Um, and that was when I really, like, I learned loads from that experience now, especially for what we're doing with Run Fears now, that I even went back to look at my um, sponsorship package document that we put together to give to the local um, shops in Leeds. So then, to answer your question, why then, when it, it was the first week of lockdown, and at the time I was like, um, I feel like I could, um, I've got this extra time on my hands, I'd obviously been put down to a two day week, as mentioned. So I tried to volunteer at the NHS, you know, they were offering like driver positions and things, but in Scotland, they ha hadn't done it. I knew in London they had. And um, so I tried to, yeah, tried to volunteer um, and, and they weren't accepting anybody. And that's when, when I was on a run, I thought, actually, mm. you know what, we could, we could, um, I could raise money by, and uh, initially the target was 5,000 pounds. So I wanted to raise 5,000 pounds and I thought I could raise 5,000 pounds, hopefully within my friendship circle. Um, by giving it a platform on things that already exist. So people were already running. It already, we just gave it a platform to, to live and people all wanted to do more. So it was like, if people are running anyway, and if people are using their daily exercise um, anyway, why don't we just give a really small amount and hopefully lots of those, small, those little donations will build up to something much bigger. But on that run, if you had said, okay, well, you're going to raise seven million pounds for this idea, I'd be like, you're mad, you know? I, I, I was so, so happy when I even saw, like, the first five pounds getting donated by my mum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Such a thrill. And I thought, if it was only mum that donates, at least it was five pounds, and at least it got her to go out and walk 5K, you know? So mm. um, that was kind of, it was always really small. It was a small 
um, I just set myself small milestones and then just kept building on them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I think it was just the the want, the need to the extra time that I had, the strange period that we were living in, the crisis that people wanted to do something to help, and then I think lastly it was that you know I think naturally like just I don't know <laughs> I always seem to be fundraising of some kind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I mean this one, it's often like the simplest. It seems like a simple idea now, but like to come up with it is is genius really because I mean it absolutely like spiraled didn't it from there so what was the first kind of inclination you got like oh wow this is this is really going we saw it really take off probably Uh, this sounds ridiculous but like week two it did it started to really get into the high numbers but it wasn't until we reached a million pounds that I took a step back and I was like wow this has really gone beyond the friendship friendship circle of like what I thought was gonna happen which is crazy (laughs) that's 200,000 participants you know like it's a lot of people yeah um and but it wasn't until then that I I I kind of had realized like the what had happened but things were happening so quickly you know like it, this whole thing was never, it was never, you know, it was my idea, but ultimately I had so many people helping with it, you know, from day one, my friend India, who now is co-founder, she, of Run For Heroes, she came on and branded the whole campaign and she took it upon herself to kind of give it this brand image that people actually wanted to come back to and, and, and follow. India did these milestones and she did this fun logo and she, you know, she, she, she was just churning out these graphics um, and little gifts and things, which now in hindsight, looking back at, really helps a campaign because people wanted to start being shown on the Instagram account. They wanted to be re-grammed. They wanted to be, um, they wanted to be uploaded. Um, and then I also had my sister who was helping me re-gram everybody's pictures. It was like, Instagram didn't even load. Like there was so many pictures at the peak of it during Bank Holiday Monday. I remember it well. I sat with my sister in my room. We were literally just like trying to get through all these tags, but just couldn't, just could not keep up. So we're trying to repost as many people as possible. Um, and and it was it was amazing to see. It was so cool. Like, and were there any um, specific celebrities who you were like particularly like wow? that guy's just done it or she's just done it when when Mo Farah got involved um it was it was amazing because I think he is such an icon and he's such a you know he's such an incredible runner and then and then Ellie Golding did it and I, th- I think I also got a bit starstruck with with her involvement just because you know she's got 14 million followers or something and she posted a picture about it and again like really pushed out her followers to do it so was so thankful for for all these kind of um yeah influences and celebrities backing the campaign and then um as it went on obviously more and more money raised eventually reached seven million um can you tell us a little bit about like the kind of impact that money had do you know where it went and, and, and it went to nhs charities but what that what that fundraising did the money yeah all went to um nhs charities together COVID 19 appeal and um, they it went a long way into helping the welfare and well-being of um, NHS workers as a result of the pandemic. So it created things like wobble rooms, um, which NHS workers could go and and have a time out um, in, and it and it created um, 
if they needed overnight accommodation suddenly if they couldn't drive home or if they needed extra expenses or if they needed um mental health support it, it went it went all towards yeah making their life easier and um obviously the other impact was that in the uh it was the new year's honors list wasn't it you were awarded an mbe um did that come as a, a surprise and how, how did that play out and how did it feel when, when you when you were awarded that yeah I, it was the strangest thing actually i got a um i got a email <laughs> Okay. which is not how you expect it, you no. know, you'd expect it. No. I got an email and I honestly I'm not joking Ed I thought that it was spam because it comes through like confidential um from the government or something or no from the palace and I was like what is this is this one of my friends playing a stitch up and I, I opened it and it had this attachment and on the attachment is this letter and it said um we want to write to let you know that you have been recognized um on the yeah queen's birthday honor um, award you the MB for, for um, the money that you raised um, during COVID and it was a special recognition for COVID awards I honestly nearly fell off my chair I was like surely not and at the end of it it says you have to formally accept this so you have to press yes or no and um, <laughs> and then it said highly confidential cannot be spoken about under embargo until the 10th of October and this is not something that you are going to say because you A, I, I'm thinking is this even true B, I'm thinking it could get taken away from me if I tell anybody. So Z, I'm going to have to, like, this is the hardest secret I'm ever going to have to keep. So I found out in August and then I couldn't tell anybody until the 10th, like, 10th of October and it came out. Um, because I don't think I believed it until then, you know, until I saw it. And then obviously um, it gets released online. Um, so, yeah, it was absolutely incredible. But I very much see it as an MBE for you know everybody that took part in run for heroes because ultimately it was such a community um the whole process was was like a huge, i feel like a huge community that we built up and was so important you know if it wasn't for everybody doing their bit it would have never raised that amount of money so that's what's that's what's great about run for heroes i think is that it's all about lots of individuals doing something small it's all about the community it's all about um coming together and and yeah, so I, I see, I, I remember when we posted about it, I was like, it's an MB for everybody. So congratulations on everybody's MB. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, no, absolutely incredible to be, to be recognised yeah, yeah. for. I feel very lucky. Brilliant. Um, and obviously then the, the challenge kind of, it, it would have come to a natural end, did it? It kind of, this slowly stopped coming in as, as lockdowns lifted and, and things like that. Um, is that how it, is that how it panned out? But what happened was we we had this engaged community um, on social, and we realised that all this money had been raised for the NHS charities, but we hadn't done that as much for the care workers charity, and they were also working mental hours. Um, so mm. we partnered up with Strava at that point, and we created Faster Five K Fridays as a Strava challenge uh, okay. in app. And um, which was incredible to, to, to do with Strava because they were like, well, we've just had these a million extra downloads and people doing 5K runs, so we, yeah. we should do something for you guys. <laughs> and, um, and we partnered with them and we raised an additional like 25,000 for, for the, the care workers, which was, um, it was just, yeah, that was, that was kind of the, the natural next, next thing, um, which ran until June, I think. And then, right. and then that was like, yep, yeah, lockdown was finished um, by that point. And um, 
and I moved back to London um, and I went back to working in television. Oh, right. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. It must so, have been so strange to return to, like, the normal, the normal world. The day job. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I went back to London, um, but during the summer, India and I had sat down and we said, you know, we've got these 50,000 followers on social. We have a database of, like, like you know, plus 50,000 on our newsletters. Mm. You know, we've tapped into something. People want something and we've got this community. And when we look, had time to reflect and look at the campaign, we saw that 71% of the participants were under 34. Now, now knowing more about charities and, and fundraising, that is so much younger than the normal, the average um, participant for okay. charity events. Yeah. So we were like, hmm, well, we've got these celebrities that follow us. You know, they're, they're engaged. We're putting out content. We're still getting high engagement. Um, we've got this engaged following of a, maybe we've tapped into something. And at that point, we really tried to understand more about what Run for Years was, what, it, what you know, what could it be? Um, mm. And we decided that the natural progression was that it could become a charity. And it could um, it would encourage people to be active whilst raising vital funds for health and well-being and um and then we thought well why don't we just launch why don't we just own the month of may and why don't for for our charity why don't we try and get people to run a 5k every may um, and donate five pounds to charity but we decided at that point um i guess but let's not just make it about run for heroes let's make it about all charities why don't all charities benefit from from this challenge so we got sponsors on board to see if it was a viable idea. <laughs> we partnered up with some amazing brands and then we um, partnered with Just Giving, who then opened up for all charities. And um, the idea is super simple. It's very similar to last year. Participate in a 5K if you run, walk, haul, um, cycle, swim. Um, donate five pounds, but to any charity. So on our website, you can is a, type in you know cancer research, but you could also type in a local Leeds charity. Um, and you know you're encouraged to share your picture on social media um, and 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 get your friends to take part too and once you've done that you unlock kind of a goodie bag full of rewards from incentives from brand partners that we have on board to try and kind of encourage more people to to get out and get active going into 5k may we were like it's never going to be a viral challenge and it's not meant to be it's all about mass participation and trying to get give giving a an event um, com- like an event that companies can use that schools could use that charities can use because charities have lost so much money for the past year so we thought well why don't we just see what we can do and see if we can raise more money for f- for different um, for different charities and again if it only raised five pounds then I mean the sponsors might not be that happy <laughs> but we <laughs> but it doesn't matter it doesn't matter because ultimately it'll be five pounds better off and I think if you go in with these kind of small goals, you, you're always surprised about where you can you can end up and where, where you can get to. And uh, yeah, 5K May was always about kind of just coming together for the better for the month of May. Um, and and let's turn that into a month of kind of running and fundraising and asking for a small amount. And I think if you ask lots of individuals for something small, five pounds, which is like two coffees, then that, that equates to so much more. So that's kind of all, we, we don't want to ask somebody to have to run a marathon and, and fundraise loads of money. You know, why don't we just ask everybody to, to, to pay their part? And I think there's lots to say about that in this current world that we live in. Absolutely. It's, it's a fantastic cause, fantastic idea. And um, 
we'll certainly, as, as Leeds alumni, we're, we're very proud to see see how it's doing. And um, thanks so much for for coming along and joining us today, um, Olivia. It's been it's been brilliant to chat. I wish you all the best for the for the for the rest of the challenge. Thank you so much, Ed. Have have a lovely day. You've been listening to My Lead Story, a podcast series brought to you by the alumni and development team at the University of Leeds. For more stories about our global Leeds community, why not visit our website, alumni.leeds.ac.uk, or join us on social media at Leeds Alumni. And if you've got a Leeds story that you'd like to share, email us at alumni at leeds.ac.uk.